0: Uh, all right, let's get into this tonight. We are continuing in the book of Romans, and I'm going to read Romans 4:13 through 25. And it says, for the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void and the promise made of no effect because the law brings about wrath for where there is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did who contrary to hope and hope believed so that he became the father of many nations. According to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be and not being weak in faith. He did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. But was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was able to perform. And therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now, it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but also for us. It shall be imputed to us who believe in him who raised up Jesus, our Lord from the dead, who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification. So this God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did, the dead are not dead to just as it already was there. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. Just as if it was already there. The phrase expresses the transition from a non-existent state to an existent state just by God calling it forth. The same thing is taught in Ezekiel 36, 29. I will deliver you from all your uncleanness as if it's already been done. I will call for the grain and multiply it as if... It has already been done and bring no famine upon you while the famine was not there as if he has already done it. Now there's a false theology out there that says we can speak things into existence and we will get what we speak. When uh, I attended a church, when Matt was in Egypt and uh, I remember I was, uh, my my son was very young at the time. Um, He was about nine, ten months, somewhere around there. And I helped in the, the nursery with him. And I remember a lady was coming, coming by and I overheard a conversation with her and she was telling another lady how her, uh, her son at this point was, I think was about seven years old, something like that. And he wanted this new play system. And she said, well, if you just believe hard enough and have faith in it, God's going to give it to you. No. That's what she told her son. And I'm thinking, what in the world? That's what you're teaching your son. I don't believe this. We are not God. But we are to have a firm faith in the almighty and eternal God who speaks things into existence. Our faith is in him and his word, not in what we want him to do for us. But he is an awesome and mighty God. He's the creator of all things and he holds the world in its existence by his word. How can we not trust such a one as this? When he speaks something, it is as if it has already transpired. As if. I remember a story um, from Pastor Connie, and um, we've known Pastor Connie for, oh, probably 15 years now, something like that. And, and some of y'all know uh, that Connie had cancer years ago. Before we met her, she had went through a time of cancer, but Five or six years before she got cancer, she was in prayer one day and the Lord spoke a word to her in her, in her devotion time. And he said, you shall not die, but live. And she was like, did I hear you right? And he said, Connie, you shall not die, but live. And at this time she had nothing going on in her body. And she's like, I, she wrote it down in her notes. So about five or six later, years later, she was over in uh, Ghana where they ministered and she began losing weight rapidly. And she's like, praise God, I'm losing weight. This is awesome. <laughs> Except for when you lose 20 pounds in a week, that's not too awesome. And so she said, I got to go to a doctor. So she ended up, she went to a doctor in Ghana and then they sent her to a doctor in the United States. They said, you have cancer. We don't, we're not prepared for this. Go to the United States. She goes to the United States. So she has uh, a stage four cancer. And the doctor said, we can't operate on you. There's nothing we can do for you. We can't remove it. You're going to die. And Connie went back in her book and she said, I remember God spoke a word to me that I would not die, but I would live. And she held on to that word because everything that the doctors told her would happen would happen. She said, they said, you can't go back to Ghana. And she said, no, I got to obey God. I got to go back to Ghana. And they said, well, if you go back to Ghana, you're probably going to pass out. Well, she did. She was getting off the plane and pass out right, you know, we were walking down the the, uh, the ramp. You're walking down the ramp. Charades. I, we played charades this weekend. So I was good at it. I guess, guess anyways. Okay, so anyway, back to my story. She, she actually passed out on the ramp and, and fell down on the ramp. Um, and she went back to her church and let everybody know what was going on. Her and Pastor Ong, you know, they prayed about it. And Pastor Ong said, I cried one time and I just trusted the word that God gave to us. Because when God speaks something, it will be. When God speaks, he spoke light into existence. When God speaks something, it will be. Now, whether or not you have faith in that is another different story. But she said that people would would pray for her and she would pass out sometimes and, and wake up and they're praying over and she's like, I'm not dead yet. Just stop. Stop. (laughs) And she was in service one time and just felt the power of the Lord come upon her. And she said, Crystal, I knew God healed me, but I was, I was afraid to go check it out. I was afraid to go get checked, but I got better and better and better and better. And and then after a year, I actually had something. I fell and had to go get an X-ray, and they and they were like, "What cancer are you talking about? There's nothing in you. You shall not die, but live." Proclaim the name of the Lord. And she held on to that, because his, promise, his promises are as if they've already happened in our lives, because of who He is. They are sure. They are they and they are sure to those who are unwavering and fully convinced. Because God speaks, and it is, we can know, number one, that the promise of God is sure. Verse 16 says, Therefore it is of faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Paul told the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians, For all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him amen to the glory of God through us. So the apostle here, he he means two different things by the yes and the amen. One is God's voice, the other is man's voice. One has to do with the certainty of the revelation, the other has to do with the certainty of our faith in that revelation. When God speaks in Christ, he confirms everything he has said before. And when we listen to God speaking in Christ, our lips through Christ are open to utter an assenting amen to his great promises. As if it has already been done. It is because Christ is the consummation, the yes of the divine promises, that the amen is fitting. So then we have the double form of the Lord's work covering the whole ground of his relations to men set forth in these two clauses. The one of which God's confirmation of his past revelation by Christ is treated, and the other of full confidence and assent which men may give to that revelation that's set before us. Therefore, the promises of God and through Christ to us are sure. They are sure as the sun will rise that God will do what he said he would do. It doesn't matter if you don't believe the sun will rise. Yeah. It's going to rise. Yeah. Why? Because God said as long as there's a, a date, I mean, as long as the earth remains, the sun, seed time and harvest, the sun will rise. As long as the earth remains, it is, you don't have to believe it. It just is. God's promises are sure they cannot be altered. They cannot be changed. This Greek word for sure means basalty. tea. Think about this. So it means relating to or forming the base. It's the foundation or base of something. We said his promises are sure. It's the base of something. Think about if, you, if I said your basal temperature. That's your base temperature, right, nurses? It's your base temperature. Now, for 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 most people, uh, it's not always the same. It can vary by a, a few different degrees, right? Right. At your basal temperature is what you you have um, at rest. Okay. So if you have a fever, your, te- your basal temperature, right, it will go up. You'll say, oh, my, this is my basal temperature. I have a fever. Ladies, if you're ovulating, it will change because that's your foundational temperature of your body. So you can, you can know when you're sick. You can know when something's going on in your body, how it differs from that basal temperature. So God's promises in Christ are that foundation from which we may gauge everything else on. Yeah. Yeah. We may know if our mind is out of shape or if our heart is sickened by how we respond then to the promises of Christ. Yeah. 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 Philippians 4:19 says, "And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus." This is a sure promise of God in Christ. It's sure. It's foundational. This is a foundational promise of Christ. Are all my needs met? Am I clothed? Do I have shelter? Am I fed? If one of my needs is not being met, my, my temperature is off. You have to ask yourself, am I in Christ? If yes, then am I trusting God in this promise? Because the promise is sure. The word is sure as sure as the sun will rise. God's word is sure. And if you don't believe that you may not be a Christian. Okay. If you're not in Christ, make an adjustment, but if all my needs are met, I can say amen. God says, yes, I say amen. And I move on to the next promise. Isaiah 43:2. 2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned. And the flames shall not consume you. See, God speaks this as if it's already been done. He speaks from non-existence into existence. So before we even go through the fire, He said, I'm already in there with you. Because the promise is sure. I'm going to get to your portion in a minute. James 1.5, if, if any of if you lacks wisdom, let ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to him. Do you lack wisdom? Are you asking God? Because the promise is sure that he will give you wisdom. That's sure. Deuteronomy 31.8, it is the Lord who goes before you. He, be, he will be with you. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Do you fear? Because the promise is sure. The promise is sure. Isaiah 40. He gives power to the faint and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. It's a sure promise of God. If the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. It's a promise of God. But he said, what is impossible with men is possible with God. These promises are sure. God speaks of them as they've already transpired. If you're not walking in freedom from sin and fear, then why? If you feel alone, then why? If you are unwise, then why? Either you are not in Christ or you are in unbelief about what God says. Which brings me to my next point, number two, unwavering. Verse 20, he did not waver. Who? Abraham did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. You know, Abraham didn't even have the Holy Spirit. Because you're like, well, I I don't have faith like Abraham. Well, you... (laughs) Why can't you? Why can't you have more faith than Abraham? We have the Holy Spirit. We, we've got creator God living inside of us. This waver in the Greek means stagger. It means to separate, withdraw, oppose, hesitate, differ, or be partial. It means to come into complete alignment with God's word. It means there's no partiality in me. I don't waver. I don't hesitate. I don't differ or oppose his word. See, and I I believe a lot of people don't receive from God sometimes because they stagger. They stagger at the Word. They stagger. They don't really believe they can walk in freedom from mindsets and a broken heart. They don't really believe they're forgiven and therefore allow guilt and condemnation to attack them. They don't really believe that God can furnish a table in the wilderness. Unbelief is a great sin in God's eyes. Unbelief... Is a great sin in God's eyes. Do y'all agree? I'm going to show you why. You are telling him not only that you think he will not do what he said he would do. But that he cannot do what he said he would do. How about think on that for a minute. Sila. Meditate on that. Israel was condemned for their unbelief in God's word and his ability to do what he said he would do. Psalm 78 says, yes, they spoke against God. They said, can God prepare a table in the wilderness? Behold, he struck the rocks, so the waters gushed out and the streams overflowed. Can he give bread also? Can he provide meat for his people? Therefore, the Lord heard this and was furious. The Lord heard. The Lord hears our words. The Lord heard and was furious. So a fire was kindled against Jacob and anger came against Israel because they did not believe in God and did not trust in his salvation. There's the believe word. And this has nothing to do with the law. This has nothing to do with the law. God's always wanted and expected for his people to trust his word. Paul says... Now, these things become our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they lusted and do not become idolaters as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Nor let us commit sexual immorality as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 fell. Nor let us tempt Christ as some of them tempted and were destroyed by serpents nor complain as some of them complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now all these things happened to them as examples and they were written for us. They're written down for us. We would read this and say, I don't want to be with them. For our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages has come. And Israel's experience in Egypt and the wilderness is an object lesson that God desires us to reflect on frequently. Once freed from their slavery to Egypt, it took the Israelites Seven days to cross the Red Sea, breaking completely clear of Egyptian control. In dramatic contrast, it took them 40 years to walk the remaining few hundred miles. During the trek, every man of war numbered in the first census after leaving Egypt, with the exception of Joshua and Caleb, died without reaching the promised land. Will we allow ourselves to match this miserable record by failing to maintain our liberty? What a costly expedition. What was the cause of their failure? Let's find out. Hebrews chapter 3. For who having heard rebelled? Indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt led by Moses? Now with whom was he angry 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that he would not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. seems that unbelief is probably a bigger sin than... The other stuff. Romans 11 says, Well said, because of unbelief they were broken off, and you stand by faith. Do not be haughty, but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, he may not spare you either. It seems God takes unbelief really seriously. Hebrews 10, 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. His promise is sure, but will we believe in his promises? Because that, that's what it was. It wasn't that they didn't believe in God. They didn't believe him. Right. Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Can God give us meat? Can God provide water for us? Can God do this for me? That's the unbelief. Which leads us to number three, being fully convinced. Verse 21 says, and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. So unbelief is not believing that God is able. Being fully convinced is knowing God will. Fully convinced is knowing God will. Will convinced means to be fully persuaded to carry out fully in evidence, make a full proof of. That's what it means. Make a full proof of Romans 14, five, one person esteems one day, another, another esteems every day. Like each, let each be fully convinced in his mind. This means to be fully persuaded in your mind. It means you have a course or path in your mind. It's as a boat that may hold on its course uninjured through a, narrow con- through a narrow canal or even on a spacious lake that they would have to navigate through. That's what it means. I'm fully, I am fully convinced. I will act as if I believe that God's word is sure. I will speak as if I believe that God will do what he said he would do. That settles it. This has to do with our obedience and our actions and words. I am fully convinced that God will do what he said he would do. If his word is sure, do we all agree that God's word is sure? that God doesn't change, that He means what He says, and He says what He means, then do you believe that God will? Do you believe that God will? That He can and that He will. And being fully convinced then means I walk that out. God can, God will, I believe it, and now I'm walking it out. I'm fully convinced, like Pastor Connie, I will not die but live to proclaim the name of the Lord. So you can tell me that I can't go back to Africa, but I'm going to live and not die, so I'm going to do what God's called me to do regardless of what you think regardless of what you say about my circumstances, regardless about what you say about my health, I'm going to trust God's word to me and I will do what he tells me to do. Yes. Yes. Amen. I am fully convinced I am redeemed and that I have been made a child of God. Anyone else? Because this this is, I I am fully convinced, I am redeemed, and I am a child of God. Let's just start there. Can we please stop being double-minded and wishy-washy? Fearful children tossed to and fro with every wave of affliction and persecution that comes our way. That's staggering. That's staggering at the promises of God. And I'm not saying we can't have a minute of, I don't know what I'm going to do. But what does God's word tell me? God's word tells me, do not fear for I am with you. Do not fear for I am with you. Do not fear for I am with you. So then what do I have to fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I fear? I don't have this, Shelley, but I wanted to read this because I I love what it says. I'm going to read this in Isaiah 40, starting in verse 21. It says, have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. He brings the princes to nothing and he makes the judges of the earth, earth useless. Scarcely shall they be planted, scarcely shall they be sown, scarcely shall their stake stalk take root in the earth. When he will also blow on them, they will wither and the whirlwind will take them away like stubble. To whom then will you liken me, or to whom shall I be equal? says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these things, who brings out their hosts by number. He calls them all by name, by the greatness of his might and the strength of his power. Not one is missing. And why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my just claim is passed over by my God? Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Because I am his obedient child, I live under his divine protection. I am fully convinced that God will see me through every hour and day of my life. I believe because God knows every hair on my head. He knows every day of my life. He knows every hour of my life. I'm not going to die one hour before or one hour after he wants me to. If I go through the fire, Jesus will be in the furnace with me. His word to me is sure and he will faithfully see me home. I will not fear because he holds my days and times in his hand. No man can snatch me out of his hands. And I will not fear what man can do to me. He is the strength of my life. I have been healed. I have been sealed. I have been delivered. I have been redeemed from sin and death. And I will walk in freedom and victory because I seek his precepts. I am a new creation. My past is under the blood of the lamb. And I am free from all guilt and condemnation. And I can do all things he puts in my hands to do. I will run and not grow weary. I will walk and not faint because I wait on the Lord. When I am weak, then am I strong. But do you believe it? Angie, we can play. God's promise. God's promises are sure. you just close your eyes and let the holy spirit minister to you for a minute god gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did this is the god that abraham believed in this is the god that says we are abraham's seeds if we believe like abraham believed If you have any unbelief tonight in this mighty God, this creator who spoke the earth into existence, you need to repent of your unbelief. Say, Lord, help me, help me in my unbelief. If I doubt you, God, help me to not doubt you. Help me to trust every word that you utter, God. His word is sure. You can rely on it. You can stand firm in it. You can put all your hope in it. Don't put your hope in the world. Put your hope in the word. God will do what he said he would do. He cannot lie. Now maybe it's because you don't know him maybe you've just been going through the motions lots of people go through the motions but you don't really know him tonight I want to give you an opportunity to know him say Lord forgive me a sinner and I want to know you draw me close to you if you've been far away just turn around and come back the Father is waiting with open arms. Don't let one more day, one more minute go by without you returning to the Father's arms. I believe this next se- next season is going to take supernatural faith, guys. I really do. The Lord has shown me things coming. And we need to have faith in God alone—not in what we want Him to do, not in what we, what we world want to do, not in our comfort, not in our jobs, not in our homes—in Christ alone, in His Word alone, His promise that we will not be alone. Your eggs in this basket. This is the one to put them in. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. Our hope is in what He said and what He will do for us and in us and through us and with us. And He will safely see us home. Father, I thank you, God, for this word. God, Help our unbelief, Lord. Search our heart, God. Root out every un- unbelief, God. Any, if there's anything in us, God, that is doubt or anxiety or fear or unbelief, God, root it out in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for the blood of the Lamb that cleanses us from our sins, God. Thank you for that we can walk in victory and freedom, Father, no matter what comes our way, Lord. We are children of the Most High God. Let us live as such. We thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you for this word, God, change. Let it it do its work in us, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.